Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Well, lively discussions are what we always find here each month on Liberty and the Law. And uh, as your host, Jim Mitchell, I uh, always look forward to my conversations with Attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law. Uh, we, we come at it from all different angles, and every once in a while I kind of ask uh, Jim to take us back to law school and uh, talk us through and explain to us some of the procedural things, and, and that's what we're going to do today. So are you ready to sort of serve as our uh, uh, professor in uh, helping us understand the jury selection process today, Jim? I, I'm ready, Jim, as long as I don't actually have to go back to law school. Other than that, yes, I'm willing to help out. <laughs> you got through it once, that's that's good enough for you, right? Once is all that's required. Yes. Perfect. Well, we're talking about juries today, and uh, you, you brought to my attention uh, kind of an interesting article um, about a change in the system in the state of Arizona. We'll, we'll talk about that specifically in a minute, but let's let's take a broader view first. Um, we're familiar with jury trials. You've talked about it as a critical part of our judicial system and what um, what the founding fathers had in mind for for fair and due process. Um, many of us have been through it. Uh, the jury summons comes, and uh, we, we go and do our duty. But let, let's talk about juries. When when a jury is being formed, how how are the members selected? What does the court do to put those people in that position? Right. Well, it, it involves a process where the judge would control the selection, at least control the proceedings. And the uh, in the criminal, so let's just talk about criminal charges here in, in Illinois. Mm-hmm. The prosecutors and the defense attorneys would be involved in the selection of the, of the, the prospective juries, uh, jurors, and that's called voir dire. It's a Latin phrase of V-O-I-R is voir dire is D-I-R-E, and it's just made, it just means basically the questioning of, of um, you know, potential, the questioning selection of, you know, the people, I guess, in, in Latin. But okay. And it's, yeah. and it's a reference to the jurors being selected. And as you can imagine, it, and often with criminal law, you get a, you get a mix of, what's been passed statutorily, you get the Supreme Court of Illinois rules specifically passed towards the governing of this, and you get uh, um, case law that's passed, so either federal case law, Supreme Court case law coming down that also bears into the selection process. But essentially the process is is supposed to to select the fairest jurors um, with both sides of the, or however many sides there are to the legal battle, but they both sides of the battle get a hand in selecting the fairest jurors and also excluding some jurors. And, and that, that process can be, well, the, the process of the, the challenges, um, if you're not striking for cause, it's called a peremptory challenge. And that's, that's one of the key things with jury trials. You know, if you, if you, if you strike for cause, you can, you can point out a, where somebody is biased. But your peremptory challenges, those are more your your gut feeling kind of kind of challenges. You don't really need to put a reason out there for the jury you select to be excluded from the panel. Um, you're just selecting the best jurors for your side of the case. So yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, there is a a pool of jury candidates that are brought in, and I don't know if there's a specific number each time. If a jury is twelve, but 30 or 40 people are brought in, whatever it might be, you can help us there. But is it assumed as the judge calls each one that they are 
automatically in unless someone rejects them, or are they actually being selected and saying, yes, I'll, I'll take you, you're in it? If you understand it, you know, which way right. it works, selected or rejected? If somebody shows up for jury duty, they're in the pool of potential jurors. And mm-hmm. when, the, when, a, somebody, when the judge calls down from a courtroom, you know, felony or misdemeanor trial, doesn't matter, judge is calling down saying, okay, my trial's going, I need X amount of jurors. And the judge will request a certain amount depending on the seriousness of the case and how many challenges he knows each side is going to get because it, depending on the seriousness of the charge, there can be any number of issues involved that the judge is paying attention to. So they'll, they'll, the judge will try to be fair in, amount, in the amount of uh, challenges each side gets. So the judge will also need to take that into consideration. Hey, I need enough jurors to handle you know, all these challenges, right? And, and you know, they'll make sure there's enough there, hopefully, to get through and impanel a jury. So you're not in a jury yet until you get okay. questioned and then actually sat and, and selected for the jury. So usually they'll select and see panels of, you know, three or four members at a time where each side will question. Once those, those you know, three or four are okayed, then you go to the next bunch. And they get once you get 12 plus whatever else the judge wants as far as alternates, and that's your jury. And tell me about that questioning process. What, what, is anything fair game there for the attorneys to ask the candidates? Again, it's a fairness process. The judge controls it. So we're not given free license to ask anything we want. Um, there, as you can imagine, there's case law about – because they, they, essentially you can start trying your case with the jury selection. You want to start focusing mm-hmm. on getting the fairest jury, you know, the fairest jury you can for your set of facts. So you can start pre-trying your case with these jurors, right? Um, so that, that, that bit of the process is how do you control that questioning? So, again, there's statutes about this and Supreme Court rules, but the judge is really key on, on controlling that process. Some judges insist on they ask the questions. They insist on uh, if I, if the, you know, either a lawyer wants a question to be asked, you have to submit it in writing. Um, others are a little looser. They allow the, the lawyer to do the questioning. Um, you know, it's just it's a matter of, of what the judge in that case uh, wants to do. I think there's a little bit of discretion involved there. Now, you mentioned peremptory challenges. What what does that entail? A peremptory is a, is a challenge that you don't need to have a reason for. So um, you don't have to come up with a reason for getting rid of somebody on a, on a, on a, a prospective juror. So, for example, um, I, I like to work closely with my clients during this process. So, my clients another set of eyes and ears in that courtroom. So I, I ask them to take notes. I ask them to pay attention to jurors. If you get a dirty look or it looks like somebody's scowling at you, if you get a bad feeling about any juror, let me know. I'll respect that, and we can get rid of that juror. That's all we need. Dirty look, that's enough for me. So, um, you know, any number of things can, can come up as a reason strategically why you'd want to eliminate somebody, mm-hmm. but you don't have to come up with a reason. You can strike without cause. And, and would, would that be unlimited in terms of the number of challenges you get? Well, it, again, like the, the, like I said, the, jur- the judge will set up ahead of time how many – generally. I mean, there's usually standards, right? There's a, 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 a set amount. Usually if there's a felony, each side will get you know, 10, 10 challenges or the defense attorney will get 10 challenges. Misdemeanor, you should get six. Um, you know, but it can it could change with more – uh, if you get co-defendants, each co-defendant has a right, obviously, to a fair trial. So they, they each get their certain amount of peremptories. 
Um, so, yeah, it can change. In, in, the, in the prosecution, it should be noted, generally has less peremptory challenges, and they're restricted because they cannot use their peremptory challenge for race. That's one of the, the issues with these, with these challenges is historically prosecutors have used them to, to um, I guess, deselect blacks from certain juries where they had a black defendant or they wanted, you know, they either wanted an all-white jury or wanted to get rid of any, mm. any blacks they could find on the jury. So <clears throat> case law came down as requiring if challenged, the prosecutors have to come up with a reason for their peremptory challenge. So um, they come up with reasons. They're, they're trained on this. They, 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 you know, they can come up. They're not going to say, oh, we, we want to, we're, we're racist and we want a, an all-white jury. They're yeah. not going to say something. Yeah. You know, but the but the fact is historically there's been a, a, a spotlight on these challenges because they have been used uh, in a in a racially uh, disparate manner. Uh, and we're talking about what would seem to be a very simple process to to many of us: the selection of a jury for a trial. But we're getting some of the uh, deep detail on it from Attorney James Dore today, and uh, James always comes to us each month to discuss matters of. Uh, the court system, uh, criminal defense, a uh, number of legal topics. We appreciate his time and um, the work he does at Laval Law. You can uh, get up to speed on his background and uh, many of his past writings and podcasts, all available at LavelleLaw.com. Uh, but uh, these uh, these conversations are very helpful and informative. And um, you know, I, I do try and follow along here. And you also mentioned a little while ago. Uh, uh, challenging, challenging someone for cause. Now, I assume that there is a rather strict definition of what falls under the for cause uh, category. Well, essentially, for cause is the goal is to to, to to impanel the fairest jury you can. So, mm-hmm. your cause is going to go towards a, the, the ability of that juror to be fair, or the ability of that juror to execute the duties of being a juror. You know, something something as simple as staying awake for the whole trial becomes an issue, right? There's there's mm-hmm. jurors, and this is the thing about cause. Even after that jury's impaneled, that cause can that, that can still the jury can still be reviewed for uh, the voir dire can still be conducted again for cause for something that may come up during the trial. So if a juror is found to be impart you know not being partial, she's uh, a juror is found to be biased or have a connection to the defendant nobody knew about or they're looking up things about the trial online, you know, any number of things. So that process can be opened up by, at the request of the parties, and the, and the judge can initiate that again. So for cause is anything that can really uh, um, go to that, uh, the essence of the trial, the fairness, and how that trial is conducted, and the jurors being able to participate meaningfully and fully in, in the trial. Um, and, and just a couple minutes left here, but I, I want to get to a couple other things. And one of them, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's a change recently made in the Arizona judicial system, the first state to, to make this change. Uh, it caught your eye. Tell us a little bit about what happened there. Well, yeah, the, the Supreme Court there in Arizona decided the peremptory challenges, eh, no more, no longer. So um, all challenges have to be for cause. Um, again, it's because the, the, I think the reason for that, and it goes back to a a decision by uh, um, Thurgood Marshall, uh, you know, back when when he was on the court, mm-hmm. um, and he specifically called out these peremptory challenges and how they can be used in, like I said, racially disparate uh, uh, methods. So, I guess they're 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 saying in Arizona that all ca- all challenges have to be for cause. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's change. There's always growing pains with these things. I think there's going to be legal challenges to this. Um, I mean, we've been using these challenges for years, and and uh, I think they do benefit the defendant, especially when those little things like you don't know when you when you have a, a juror bias, where you kind of can get a, a gut feeling, right? Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. It'll, like I said, there'll be growing pains with this one. There'll be legal challenges. I, I, there'll be a lot of gamesmanship on what what's considered cause, Jim. So your last question there yeah. is, is uh, this can be a very valid question in the future. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one to keep an eye on. Then, um, and I guess the last thing I you know I always like to sort of bring it down to the uh, to the common man here, and uh, maybe we're all influenced by media, but uh, uh, I think most of us have seen various movies or uh, other uh, media-type uh, information given to us about uh, what goes on behind the scenes and maybe um, jury consultants or people who come in and help uh, define and shape exactly what the demographics or makeup of a jury would be. Is, is that over-glamorized in, in movies and such, or does that really happen? Oh, they, they, well, I think it, when it comes to movies, yes, it would be over-glamorized because that's what they do. But jury yeah. consultants are play a key role in, in, in a lot of people's decisions on juries. Um, they can do anything from helping you prepare for a jury trial to help you select, help what exhibits are going to work best, best with jurors, um, you know, and how to find that, that jury that's going to be the, the best for your client and how to present the case for that jury. So no jury, jury, those expert consultants can come in very handy. Um, in fact, you know, just something simple like one lawyer talking to another lawyer about, what do you think of this case? You know, that's that same kind of feedback. You know, you're, you're tailoring your trial. Uh, you're trying to get a victory. You know, I'm trying to defend a client. I, mm-hmm. I have a goal here. So I, I'll listen to anybody I can who helps me present that best case I can to that jury. Well, um, very, very interesting outlook, and I uh, always appreciate uh, the opportunity to kind of learn a little bit more about what goes on in the judicial system. So many thanks to Attorney James Dorr for being with us today. Um, great conversation. And, again, um, don't hesitate to reach out to him with your questions. You can find all of his information at labellelaw.com. And uh, if you've enjoyed our conversation today, download some of the others, whether they're on uh, procedural items like this or specific cases, uh, many of them coming from the Supreme Court. We try to be very timely and relevant. So I encourage you to hit labellelaw.com and uh, download some of the past conversations, read some articles, and if necessary, reach out to James Dore. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to give you a hand. Thanks very much to everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you again next month on Liberty and the Law.